The Open Book on cliffcentral.com. Yes. I'm going to start today's show um, with a quote from uh, by the American singer songwriter and um, and and his name is his name is Frank Ocean and he says something like this it says maybe it takes a near death experience to feel alive because uh, that's exactly what our topic is called today it is called near death experience a warm welcome to you all on the open book it is a beautiful thursday morning it's going to be a very exciting show indeed, so I hope that you'll stick with us. Uh, let's just hear from a few people who've actually had this experience in their lives on exactly what they had to say about it. Stick with us. This is The Open Book with myself, Loiso Bala. Here we go. And the light had no, no judgment. There was no condemnation. There was no blaming, no shame. There was nothing but love and acceptance. And the light was viewing me. The light knew everything that I ever thought, did, or will do. It knew everything. Um, you just know. You're, you're all-knowing. Everything is a part of you. It's just so, just so beautiful. I, it, was, it was eternity. It's like I was always there. I will always be there. That my existence on earth was just a very brief instant. And there are no churches there. Not where I was. It wasn't about just one way. And it wasn't about doctrines and books. But just about a universal compassion and love for everything, for everyone. Animals, plants, birds, all of it. It's all together. This being, who I personally believe was God, or at least a representative of God, if not God himself, communicated to me, not the word love, but the understanding of love. It was a love that was total and all-encompassing. I then became aware of a bright uh, heavenly being. Um, I felt as if I was in the presence of God. This being of light, it, this being had light radiating from him, and he embraced me. And when he embraced me, I could feel the most powerful love it, it's the greatest love that there is in the universe there's there's no greater love I mean it's it was absolutely total real great engulfing love so near-death experiences um, they've gotten really just a lot of attention lately the 2014 movie titled heaven is for real about a young boy who told his parents that he had visited heaven while he was having emergency surgery, it grossed a respectable $91 million in the United States. The book it was based on, which was published in 2010, has sold some 10 million copies and spent 206 weeks on the New York Times bestsellers list. 
two recent books by doctors, Proof, um, which is called Proof of Heaven by Eben Alexandra, who writes about a near-death experience he had while in a week-long coma brought on by meningitis, and another book called To Heaven and Back by Mary C. Neal, who had her NDE, that's what it's called, NDE, while submerged in a river after a kayaking accident, um, have spent 94 and 36 weeks respectively on the list. So one can see that there definitely is no doubt whatsoever that this subject is one that garners a lot of interest to the general public. Not only to Christians, but to people of every religion and even to those who don't necessarily believe in heaven or hell. Why is this? Well, because one thing is certain in life, that we're all going to die and that each death will bring on a personal near-death experience. Obviously, as um, as we can see that some of them will go to that place and come back to tell us about it. Um, or we're going to go and carry on and just never come back. To where? Who knows who? It all depends on what it is that you believe. Near-death experience is defined as follows. It is a profound psychological event that may occur to a person close to death or, if not near death, in a situation of physical or emotional crisis because it includes trans, um, transcendental and mystical elements. An NDE, which is a near-death experience, is a powerful event of consciousness. It is not mental illness. Many NDEers, NDEers, report that their their experience did not feel like a dream or a hallucination, but was, as they often describe it, more real than real life. And many of them who experience an NDE see it as a verification of the existence of an afterlife. Some researchers in the field of near-death studies see the NDE as evidence that human consciousness may continue to exist after death. We, of course, as Christians, believe in the afterlife. But um, as my wife usually says, I'm not scared of dying, but I'm scared of the process. Well, through today's show, um, I really hope that we can find the truth on the subject that will hopefully free us from the fear of this process. So I hope that, baby, I hope that you're listening. John chapter 8, verse 32 says, Then you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. And that is what we always endeavor to do to give you the truth on the open book that is going to set you free. So shortly, um, I will be joined on the line by Rita McPherson, who will share her personal story. And then uh, later on in studio, um, I'll have Dr. Richie Achuku, who will bring in the biblical perspective to this interesting topic. And our topic once again is near-death experience, um, right here on the open book. So stick with us. And uh, let's let's hear something from uh, from one of these people who claim that they've had this experience. Here we go. A month after my 21st birthday, I traveled from Montana up to Alberta, Canada, to ice climb on a world famous ice pitch. At eight o'clock that night, the temperature dropped drastically. Since we had no equipment to keep ourselves warm, our best bet for survival was to try to get off the mountain. It was 150 feet down, I mean, we repelled in the air on this overhang to a large area. We were stuck, and I was cold though, and I'd never been that cold, and I had frostbite on my fingertips and my nose and my toes and my cheeks and my chin, and, and I had hypothermia. 
and 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 then I I fell asleep, and 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 only this time, I didn't lose consciousness, but I knew that I had fallen asleep, and 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 I felt myself being sucked out of my core like a vacuum, and I resisted with all the strength that I had that I had built up through the survival. Journey that I was on, and I tried to stay in my body, and I couldn't. It, it irresistibly pulled me out, and I died. And I found myself in a great dark void, infinite, without a body, but with full consciousness, like a like a, a sphere of of consciousness. And and in front of me, if I had a front, was this gigantic door, and the door was. Thirty yards wide and seventy yards tall, and it was a, the proverbial tunnel that people talk about was through this gateway. And I said, "Am I dead?" And the voice of God, with no voice and no language, said to me, "Yes, you're dead." And I said, "But I haven't gone through the door yet." And and the voice of God said, "No, you haven't." I said, "Well, do I have to go through the door?" I have this sister, you see, that left our family and broke my mother's heart, and I didn't want to break my mom's heart again and die and leave them. And God said and showed me, showed me. He said, "the the love with which I love you now, I have always loved you, and that same love that I love you with now." I love your family, and I love each person on Earth with this fullness of love and forgiveness, and knowing, and mercy that you feel right now, and beauty, and all will be well, and your family will be okay. And the next thing I knew, I was being screwed back into my body like a like an ice screw that you use to put into the ice to hang on, and it was painful and it hurt, and I got. Driven into my body from my stomach, and I I came to, and my partner Tim had me by the shoulder, and he was he was screaming at me, "Don't die, don't leave me here." And、uh, I kept my mouth shut about what had happened for close to twenty years, and now I'm telling this story because what it's left me with is that. I know that I'm known, and I know that I'm beloved, and I know that you are too, and everybody is, and I know that this is not the end of life, that this is just the passage through to real life, and it's this long, and that's how much time we have till we get to go home, and I'm waiting to go home. I pray for it every day. I can't wait. That's my story. Wow, riveting story indeed. On the line, I have、uh, Rita McPherson.、Uh, Rita is a Christian public speaker, and she travels around the world proclaiming the coming of the King of Kings.、Uh, she is the author of several books that she wrote together with her son Aldo. But、uh, I'd rather have Rita, you know, speak all about this. Rita, welcome to the Open Book. Uh, good morning. It's such a pri- privilege to be with you. Thank you. And thank you for taking the time. I know that、uh, you've been traveling not only all over South Africa but also all over the world.、Um, yeah. 
Yeah, Rita, you had a life-changing experience in in 2004. Um, can you tell us what happened to you and your family and, um, yeah, how that changed your life for good? Yes. It was just a normal day. You know, I was speaking. I was That year I was Mrs. South Africa and I was at speaking engagements and I was so busy with my own life and being in the world and doing the things of the world. And we were mm. coming back from an event and my whole family was with me in the car and there was a sta- still standing vehicle in the road and... All of a sudden, um, my husband had no choice. He had to go left or, or even then otherwise over those people. And I believe everyone would have been dead. So yeah. he took the left choice and our vehicle was rolling. And so my, my elderly son then was 12 years old and the other one too. And mm. um, both of them fell out of the vehicle. And my eldest son had a severe head injury. So he was completely in a coma immediately and four months in a coma. And... Um, Yes, in that time, we were struggling for his life, and there was no hope for his life. And at one stage, the doctor said, you know, there's really not much hope. But um, in that time where, where I thought, you know, this is going to be the end, I um, just ran to the room opposite where I, I stayed in ICU. And I fell on my face, and, you know, that encounter that I believe most people have in life where you see the stop sign. Yeah. And everything stopped because I knew that, you know, you can be whoever you want to be. You can have as much money, but you cannot save a person's life. Only Christ can. Yeah. So I was on my knees and I was just crying out to God. But, you know, interestingly enough, I wasn't crying out for saving my son because his heartbeat really went down and I could see that he's dying. I was crying out and say, God, would you save me? Because I knew at that moment that I'm so lost. You know, mm. in a sick, you know that I think life comes so quickly through your mind when you stand you look death in the eyes and you realize you know that who you are and you're actually nothing yeah and at that moment as i cried out to god i had an encounter that you know no man can explain to you and even you know if you read the word of god in 2 corinthians 12 paul spoke about it he says i know a man paul he says who you don't know he was caught up in the third heaven and um he, he was telling about that experience, and, and that changed his life as well. Mm. And in all one second, I was caught up in a place that was such a bright light, and um, my spirit was connecting to God, who is spirit, and I never had that before. And there I had an encounter with God, and what he said to me there is, your son is not going to die, but to live. He's going to live, and he's going to live to tell the world about me, and you're going to walk a journey of faith, and he said many things to me that does not make sense. And, um, but it's, you know, spirit to spirit, so drop in your spirit. Mm. But after that, I got up and I went back to ICU. And after they put up the machines, my son did not die, but he was, he was breathing, but very much in a coma. Couldn't speak, couldn't walk, couldn't talk, couldn't bladder, trachy, everything. Everything that you can think for months, even a year. Yeah. How important, I mean, like, uh, before we obviously get to get to your experience and uh, an elder's experience. How important is it for us to keep, you know, like to keep in prayer? Because, uh, you know, you, you explained very much in your, um, in your testimony that uh, there's not a moment that you gave up because it, although others had actually given up and, um, mm. and they told you that you should too. Mm. You know, I believe prayer opens up the realm of the supernatural. I believe many people don't understand the realm of the supernatural and it's right here. The kingdom is at hand. It's right here. But there's a key, and God gave us kingdom keys, and one of the most powerful keys are prayer. 
And um, if we start praying more and, and, and being more in connection with God, things will happen more. And I, I really believe that God um, allowed, was crying out from your spirit, for me to be opened in the spirit and to experience Him uh, in such a way that I could never lose my faith after that. It was just my whole life changed after that. Um, even if my, my son was still in a coma and had the, the situation was very, very, very bad and intense, but my whole life changed because I met the King of Glory and, and mm. you will be one second in His presence and nothing of you will be the same. Uh, so, so while you're having these experiences, uh, Aldo was also having his own experiences. Uh, can you tell us sort of the process of what happened and, yes. and how you we got to find know. out about this? Yeah, we didn't know about it. I mean, it was just for me, you know, I, I, I had that experience and I explained it to my, my husband and, and pretty much everything of me changed. But, um, when, when Aldo came home after three, four months and he couldn't speak, he couldn't talk, he couldn't do nothing. Uh, he was just lying there. Yeah. But one day, Holy Spirit said to me, you know, take his hand and put the pen in. And it really pretty much looked bizarre, but I did it. And his spirit starts speaking. And he started telling me, thank you, Mom, that you surrendered me to Jesus. And then he said, you know, he started explaining how Jesus picked him up at the accident scene, took him to heaven, and what he saw in heaven, and the children he met in heaven, and the, the things he saw. And he saw me, and what I did, and how I surrendered, and... For me, it was it was amazing because it was only me and God that really knows what happened there, yeah. and He was explaining word by word for me what happened there. Explain um, explain the children bit because I thought that was pretty fascinating, especially for those uh, who find this quite hard to um, quite hard to believe. But the children that He saw up in heaven, yes, you know, it is for anyone quite hard because Jesus said in the Word, He says, "You want me to tell you more about heaven, but you don't even believe." the signs and the wonders that I do here on earth. So how do you want me to tell you about heaven? Because mm. you have little faith. But what happened is, um, Aldous saw children in heaven, and uh, particular two children, and yeah. he, he came back and he was writing a letter, not not immediately, after months. He wrote a letter one day and saying to get in touch with these people because he saw their son in heaven. And he was telling about this father having a, aeroplane and he has to um, he said sir you know mm. your son is happy and you can sell your aeroplane you can sell all this worldly stuff um, what keeps you so busy and God loves you and, and things like that and he said to the mom he said don't worry about me and stop crying I'm so happy and and you know and he gave me a, a, a way to find the parents and I did and, and I was so scared you can just imagine how scared you are Absolutely. if you find these people and, and you want to give them a letter from heaven so um, it was a it was a huge step of faith for me but as I did that and obeyed just my son that could not speak at that stage just write it down um, yeah. that mother that particular day she was on her way to to someone who palm read or something because she was so desperate to find out something about her son and on that day God came through for her and sent that little letter from heaven, um, as I, if I can mention it like that. But um, mm. saying that, you know, don't don't go there. Just trust God. And life life does, does not stop. Life goes on. And um, and the father had an airplane, and we met. And today we're very good friends. And wow. and yes, um, today the, the the couple give their testimony around South Africa, and it's powerful. And another boy also saw. And he, he said a strange thing about that boy. He said um, he made with his hand a little halo on his head. 
and because he could not speak and we didn't understand and and, and then he wrote his name and everything and he said we play drums in heaven and wow. uh, so when when we found that parent the boy was um, down syndrome and he had a drum set in his room yes and all do also play drums so you know things like that i think we cannot we cannot understand the depths and the 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 if the word of god says nothing is impossible for god i think we should stop there absolutely and just believe what in retrospect what is the message that god um conveyed to you guys um to both of you you know to you and aldo you know um i feel so sad many times when i have to say it because you think you would send a message like that to a to a world that knows jesus but the truth is we don't know the truth jesus we don't know the true messiah so the message was this jesus christ is alive and he's coming again and he's coming for a pure spotless bride wow. coming and the message was it was so you can imagine for me a 12 year old child in a coma writing to me mom he said we are the loudest here at church yeah. so it was it was hectic yes and um and my life was was really not in in place. There was many things that he saw in my life, and the doubleness of my mind, and many things that that he helped me with. Saying, "Mom, you know, you, this is how the harlot looks. The harlot has a double mind: one mm. foot in the world and one in Christ." And so, yeah, that's pretty much the message that I think we need to to clean up our lives because God was busy preparing a remnant and uh, we better be, be ready in and out of season and we better make sure that we know the right Jesus. Wow, that's amazing. Um, Rita, how is, how is Aldo, how many years has it been now since, uh, well, t- 2014 you said. So how is yes. 2004? 2012. Yeah. 12, so 2012. Oh, yeah, tw- yeah, no, the no, accident. 2004. Yeah, yeah, 2004. So it's, um, it's 12 years. So how is, say, 11, how is Aldo doing now? Um, can is, you speak? Um, amazing. But yeah, he he's slow. He speaks very slow, monotone. His one eye is still closed. He walks difficult, but he walks. And supernaturally, for seven years, I was praying for a wife for him, and I just trusted God for a wife. I said, God, you know, um, you can tell me, but is there anyone on this earth that would love my imperfect child? And then God asked me, Why do you call him imperfect? And I said, God, but you know, you know the way he walks, he talks, he struggles, his balance, and everything. He can't. He couldn't go really back to school and everything. I said, God, you know. And he says, I want to teach you something today. Mm. He says, to love the imperfect perfect is called love. Wow. And then God said to me, there's someone in place for him, but you need to open up heaven, kingdom, and bring it to earth. And God showed me a vision of her. And I believe this is how faith works. God always shows us. Yeah. He always so have makes you guys, us see. Have, so have you guys seen her? She's, they're married now. Wow. And she looks exactly like that? Like exactly. you saw in your vision? That's awesome, exactly. Rita. You know what's amazing about your story? The fact that, you know, we're talking about near-death experiences. And um, and obviously, you know, your son Aldo experienced this during his time of being near-death. And yet God is also able to show us visions while we're still alive, like you are. Um, yes. So that's wonderful. You know, that's absolutely wonderful. And I just pray that, you know, that can happen to us so that we don't have to get to a point of being near-death before we realize that Christ is the Messiah. Thank you Amen. so much. And we, uh, yeah. we don't need to wait for, for a stop sign. We can just make a choice today. 
Absolutely. God bless you, and I thank you for this. Thank, thank you so much. How can we? Um, how can we? Obviously, um, support your ministry, what you're doing, and uh, and how we, and how can we get more answers? Our website and there's many letters of Aldo on the website. It's RezaMcPherson dot com, so people can read his letters. How he's still many times God speaks to him, and and we put the letters on the web, and very encouraging. And and I thank you for everyone that's listening. And today, just to make a choice. Because Jesus Christ is truly alive and He loves you. And you don't need to wait for this to experience Him. God wants to experience us to experience Him every day of our life. Absolutely. Rita McPherson, thank you so much for your time and all the best to you thank and your family. And send our love thank to you. Elder from the Open Book. And hopefully we can thank have you. you back on the show again. Thank now, you. God bless you. Thank you. That okay, was Rita. Thank you. Bye-bye. That was Rita McPherson, um, who just shared her story and a testimony about, about her and her son who had a near-death experience. Next up, we have Dr. Richie Atruku, who will bring in the biblical perspective uh, to this interesting topic. Stick with us right here on The Open Book. This is CliffCentral.com. Choice. Sometimes you have it, and sometimes you don't. AutoTrader gives you the choice. Now you can shop compare and buy new cars watch our expert video reviews and research before you buy auto trader new car the choice is yours the open book on cliffcentral.com dorinda Lowe never saw it coming a semi truck ran the red light and plowed over the top of her car the 18 wheeler barely missed her head but practically severed her arm her legs were caught underneath the engine the car literally collapsed around her, trapping her inside. We could tell right away that um, that both of her arms were broken, and uh, we knew at least one of her legs were broken, possibly the other one. Plus, we was pretty sure she probably had some internal injuries to, to go with that. It was a pretty low percentage on whether she was going to make it or not. It was definitely life-threatening injuries. Rescue workers tried for 45 minutes to get Dorinda out of the car. Finally, she was life-flighted to Methodist Hospital in Indianapolis, Indiana. It was very grave. I mean, she had uh, lost a lot of blood when she first came in. You know, the fractures that she had uh, were all very serious. And then when you throw on top of it that she had all these injuries and all these other lacerations and tears in the skin. She had a ruptured spleen and a ruptured liver. She was in a very, very serious condition. For two weeks, doctors tried to put Dorinda back together. She had to be resuscitated twice and suffered a massive stroke. She had seven different surgeries but remained in a coma. Doctors offered little hope for her survival. Dorinda's mother didn't move from her daughter's bedside. And even though she wasn't a Christian, she begged God to save her life. When I first woke up, the only thing I remembered was of seeing God. I was on the stairway of heaven and we were standing at the bottom and God was holding me in his arms and I was held like a baby and I can remember just hearing the voice behind me talking to me saying you know it's okay you're fine you're safe now I knew that it was God was there I just knew I did not see his face but I knew he was holding me in his arms I knew he had saved me I needed it I was never saved I wasn't a Christian I never knew how to actually ask God to, for, you know, to forgive me for all my sins. Dorinda had a long and hard physical recovery ahead of her. She remained bedridden at home for three more months. She had to learn how to do everything again. I was just so scared. I just thought I would never walk. And I had a physical therapist at home. 
that what learned, you know, they worked with me and stuff. And so I learned to walk on a walker. And then on the 24th, they took the walker from me. And I was walking on my own. They were watching me, and I just couldn't believe it. I was crying. I was like, oh, my gosh, I am walking. Dorinda has surpassed all expectations for her recovery. They said that I would probably never use the right arm ever again. You know, they didn't know for sure if I would ever walk right again, but I do walk and I do use my right arm. A lot of times we see patients with bad bone and joint injuries, but to see somebody with this a number of bone and joint injuries and the abdominal uh, injuries that she had, the, you know, the belly injuries and the stroke to have come back like this, it's, it's really phenomenal. It is an exceptional recovery, absolutely. Even more than a second chance at life, Dorinda is thankful God saved her for eternity. There is a God out there and he will listen to you if you want to talk to him and have him come into your heart. You know, I'm lucky that I'm here and I got a second chance that I did not die and then I got to accept him into my heart and he you know he forgave me for all my sins the open book on cliffcentral.com so surprisingly um, when you search for people um, who have who have had a um, who have had a um, a a what's it called again a near death experience uh, a lot of stories come up and they all seem to have one thing in common and that is that um, that their lives, the lives of those who experience them, they are never, ever the same again. So science and medicine have an explanation for these. They call it a sensory reaction of the brain when it is deprived of oxygen. Um, I was just speaking now to my technical producer, um, who's, you know, like we're kind of describing this whole, this whole white light thing. Um, so, so apparently there are actually... A lot of explanations why people see a white light, um, uh, which obviously kind of shows that it's the reaction of the brain or whatever, whatever it is. But uh, I want to get into the, you know, into the into the spirituality of why this happens. So interestingly, I also, um, also read a testimony by uh, by Dr. Eben Alexandra, who is an American neurosurgeon for over 25 years, proving otherwise after his own near death experience that defied any scientific explanation. But I guess, you know what? You're going to have to go on YouTube. You're going to have to listen to all these stories. You're going to have to get books on this because I have tons of books on, uh, on near death, on near death experience. Um, and you're really just going to have to just decide for yourself whether it is a real spiritual experience or if it is scientific. Um, today I'm really honored to have with me right here in the studio, Dr. Richie Atruku who's an author, inspirational speaker, and is also a group coach. Uh, he, holds a, he holds an honorary doctorate in theology, a BA in philosophy, and a master's in, uh, in NLP. That is you, Dr. Chuka, isn't it? Yes, sir. How you, you doing? So brother? good to have you. I know that voice from radio. <laughs> <laughs> I know that voice from radio. Dr. Chuka, um, in, yes, preparing, in preparing for this show, actually, let me call you pastor, because we're going to speak yeah, about... That's you know, cool. Yeah, that's we're going to speak cool. about the spiritual side of this. Um, it was amazing yeah, just how many people have had, obviously, near-death experiences and uh, that have completely changed their lives. And one of the greatest changes that happened to these people is that they give their lives to Christ, um, even if they weren't already saved. Some say they went to heaven, mm. and a lot say that mm. they went to hell. Mm. Um, but, but anyway, they seem to have a stronger conviction to improve their relationship uh, w- with, with God. I That's mean, right. why is that? 
Yeah, that's because an encounter with the Lord has the power to transform everything about your life. Yes. You may be the best scientist or whatever you call yourself, but the day you meet with the Lord, something transforms and changes automatically. For instance, being a philosopher by training, um, the, the training also taught you about the non-existence of God, how you have to argue that God doesn't exist in your thesis and all that. But the day he confronted and met with me, everything I read in the school books flew mm. through the window because the presence of God is superior to whatever scientific understanding you know. People come out of that experience totally transformed. Yeah. I met a man. I, I actually set a stage with a man. Um, there was a story about a man in Nigeria sometime that uh, Rehan Bunker was doing a program. Yes. The wife brought his body to that com- com- conference, and they were praying somewhere. And as the man was ministering, uh, Rehan Bunker was ministering, something happened, and the man came back to life. And all the story you're hearing is the same thing the man told us. And we're like, wow. But the question is, must you wait until that time? You may never even have a second chance if you missed it. Somebody asked me, but what if God doesn't exist at the end of the day? I said, well, what if you discover he exists at the end of the day? That's already too late, man. You better do it now. Until people realize the importance of God in your life is not to disturb your comfort zone, but to give you a purpose that he has written down before you were conceived in your mother's womb. Then it starts changing. We shouldn't wait until that time when, okay, because I got an experience, therefore I'll change. You don't have to wait. I heard a woman saying that it shouldn't happen that way, sir. You know, and it's absolutely, it's pretty amazing. I mean, like that these people would even get a chance to come back. Um, because if you, you know, if I remember the story of Lazarus, uh, not the Lazarus who, who was raised from the dead, but the, the Bible speaks about Lazarus who went up to be with Abraham, mm-hmm. you know, Abraham's bosom. And there was this mm-hmm. rich man who used to sort of look down on Lazarus. Mm-hmm. And, um, and there's certain things. Do you remember? Can you tell us a bit yes. more about that story? <clears throat> yes. He's a man, a man that Jesus told about a man that died and, and then he was asking for, for water to be put in his mouth. Then he said that they should go and tell the family that this happened to him and that they shouldn't come to this place. And Jesus said that there are many people out there already given the message about death and life after death. And also, <clears throat> excuse me, dealing with Lazarus. Yeah. Um, Lazarus was an experience and mm. more like Jesus trying to tell people. Whatever you think I'm telling you that it doesn't exist, it is real, it's going to happen. But we don't need people coming after death Mm. to tell us that this happened for people to believe. We need the man that rose from the grave that said there is life after death (laughs) to believe. I, I don't really need my friend or who I know that came back for me to believe. I need to believe because he said I should believe in his word. Not that just somebody's experience. And this is where we are. People are waiting for somebody that died, waiting for three ancestors to tell them stuff. I mean, I don't know. We are all Africans. We still <laughs> believe that some ancestor is going to tell us something. They, they, there was somebody in my family in those days not feeling well. And they said an ancestor said they got to do stuff. I said, this guy died sick. Why would he 
heal this person that is alive. That is yeah. because we take the word of God for granted. God has made a promise that there will be a day where he will meet with mankind and each person is going to give an account of the life he gave to them. Mm. We don't need to wait for people to die to come back and tell us. And even if they tell us for one week, we're going to feel bad. We're going to feel like, oh, man, have you ever attended a funeral? How people cry. And immediately after the person has been laid down to rest, everybody starts drinking. <laughs> That's so true. So even if the that person woke up, people still wouldn't be bothered. Mm. <laughs> That's so true, Pastor. Pastor, now there are many <clears throat> cases. Uh, there, there are many cases of near death. Yes, you know, sir. like of people having experienced near death, uh, near death experiences. Um, what is your? View? I mean, like, what is your view on these? On the validity of them? You cannot have validity of what you didn't experience. Yes. But it's for you to believe who has told you the story. Because that is somebody's experience. It's like I woke up from a dream and I say to you that in my dream, three angels slapped my face. Man, you were not in my dream. So mm. for me to say that's not the truth is I'm just being a little insane. I need a psychiatric to attend to me. That's your experience. Mm. And if these experiences are consistent, it means there is a validity in what they are all saying. Because they are all speaking from different parts of the world. But it all comes down to one. They couldn't control the movement. The light that showed yeah. somebody was guiding them and how everything changed and how it was a new life altogether. Those that had experience of going to heaven, they didn't want to come back. And they do say that. Oh, yes. They and they do say that. Back. It's like uh, once I got there, I didn't want to come back. I mean, this boy, um, Aldo. Yeah, uh, we spoke to Rita just earlier yes. on. Yes, sir. I mean, this boy is twelve years old, and and he still yearns. You know, like at twelve years old, when you die, how can you not want to come back and finish your life? You know, heaven heaven must be a wonderful place. It, it must be, but God actually wants. I don't want to know as yet. But, yeah, but, 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 but I'm but, believing no, that it's, it's a no, wonderful. No, but place. God wanted to begin to enjoy it while you are still here on earth. Yeah, not just when you get there. That's what the Bible said that if we are seated in heavenly places already. The reason why you get to know Jesus, here's what I'm going to say to you, sir. Mm. People think that getting to know Jesus is about being, okay, I just want to be one of those born-again people. No. Jesus died to close the past to give you the purpose that God has written with your name. So when you meet with Jesus, you experience the key that transformed the destiny that God has given to you. The purpose of getting to know God is for your life to experience mm. a uniqueness that you've never known before. That's what it's all about. And we need it. We don't really need to die before we get to heaven. You need to experience. It's, it's a thy kingdom come here on earth as it is in heaven. God wanted to experience. I was telling some guys on a conference on Saturday. Mm. I said the truth about a child of God, if you get to know what God has said about you, is this. Yeah. The life that God has planned for you, no government, no organization or institution has enough money to pay for it. Yeah. What does the Bible what does the Bible say about uh, about life after life? <laughs> if I can put it like that. But it's straight away he said there's judgment after death. Yeah? There is judgment after death. So what about death. so what about these people because everybody seems to experience seems to experience God um but no one has really sort of spoken about judgment. Well, at the time of judgment is when it is all over, completely all over. That's remember that Jesus is going to rule for a thousand years. Yeah. Remember that. Mm -hmm. And it is not yet now. 
And it is when he comes to take total over. That is when he will separate the sheep. And he will say to the one to the right, one to the left. But that's not what we're dealing with today. Because there are going to be a lot of school of persuasion that's going to come with your idea. The bottom line of what we are dealing with today is, is there an experience that people are having? And what is the secondary consequence of that experience? That experience is that people have a near-death experience where they encounter God and it transforms their life. And that is the same experience you actually have when a minister has finished speaking and suddenly your spirit man lifts up and you open up to say, at this stage, I need to meet with Jesus. The Bible says that in the day of salvation, I had mercy on you. Mm. And if you experience the mercy of God, that is the time that you will say to Jesus, I want you in my life. It doesn't really have to be that experience of dying, but it is the experience of not, I'm talking about physical death, but the experience of dying to you to yeah. become who God has called you to be. That's why when you're born again, he said that all things have passed away. English, passed away means dead. Meaning that whatever you did before you came to Jesus doesn't exist in the diary of God. Can I shock you? God yeah. has a low memory when it comes to your mistakes. Wow. Wow. Well, it's amazing, you know, because all of us want to live, but then as soon as we become Christians, we have to, we have to die to ourselves. Uh, Dr. Richard Chuku, pastor. Achuku. It doesn't <laughs> matter. It's not the title that makes who you are. <laughs> but I believe that you just everything. You just every single title that you truly are. Um, we're going to come back to you just now. Uh, just going to just take a small little break and, uh, and just to really just finish up our subject, our topic, which is, uh, near death experience. So stick with us right here on the open book. Okay. Dr. Achuku, thank you. Thank you, sir. The open book on cliffcentral.com. Uh, when I listen to Andre Crouch, this song, like a rushing of a mighty wind, uh, it's like I get transformed to another place. It's like I have my own uh, near life, what? <laughs> near, near death experience. You know, experience. Uh, people who go there, they always just speak about just how wonderful it actually, it actually is, you know? The, and yet the rest of us, absolutely, we're freaking out, you mm, know? We're like, mm. what? I don't want to die, you know? Like I said earlier on, that my wife is, is just like, okay, cool. I mean, I'm not scared of death. But um, but I don't know what the process holds for me. Yeah, but I have ever wondered why, like you just said about the music that you were transformed into. Do you know the meaning of to be in the spirit? To be in spirit? To be in the spirit. That's why God wants you to be in the spirit. Yes. To be in the spirit is the place of creativity. It's Amen. the place there is no limitation. It's the place of possibilities. Yes. So when you are in the spirit... It actually means that you've entered the space where you can bring out information that is necessarily needed on earth. Mm. And that's why even when I'm doing service and people are trying to fall under the anointing, I said, I love you to fall under the anointing, but I need you to hear what I'm saying. And if you break the chair here, you're going to pay for it. Just listen to what I'm saying first before you go down. Because if you go down, you can hear me again. In the spirit, you receive the information. And when you are translated in the spirit, you now connect to the supernatural. And from that time, you can create what you could not create before. Ask yourself, how do you create your music? I 
How do I create my music? <laughs> How does it happen? Yeah, I mean, look, in a spiritual sense, and um, and I want to say something which is, you know, uh, which probably may sound a bit cliche to others, but I really believe that none of the songs that I've ever written are my songs, but that they're all from God. Um, that's why even, you know, uh, even before my transformation in, 20 ter- in, in, in 2010, um, I never used to, I never used to drink, smoke or anything when I'm in studio because I wanted to make sure that I'm open um, to, to God. And, and that's just where, to his. that's when you tapped into the spirit realm. Mm, because in the spirit, I can do so much more than what I can do. You know, the Bible speaks about uh, the fact that we mustn't conform to the lust of the flesh, but that's that right. we must be, you know, like we must be in the spirit. Don't, and it even says, don't get drunk with wine, that's right. but, uh, but be filled with the spirit. Because right. once I'm in the spirit and then I can do more than what my physical body can do. Because so, when you are in the spirit is when you become inspiration. You become an inspiration because to be in the spirit is to be inspirational. <laughs> it's so weird because you know we're talking about near <laughs> near death experience and uh, we wanted to hear from people and now we suddenly want to have that experience. Um Pastor Chuku, why should we look forward or or uh, or what things can you tell us about 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 heaven? I mean, a lot of people know what's really going to happen. There's going to be a place we're going to put our hands and we're going to sing forever and ever. Remember that at that time, you're no longer who you are now. Yeah. You're already changed. You're already transformed. All you want to do is to give glory to God. Yeah. An example in the book, of, in the, in the, book, the Bible says that the 24 elders, they were casting down their crown. Mm-hmm. Remember that. They were casting down their crown and they kept saying, Kadosh, 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 Adonai, Sabawath. They were saying, Holy, Holy is the Lord God Almighty. Because now they, they received crown, but how come they, they brought the crown down? Because they realized that at every point in time, there's another part of God that have never seen before. God keep changing and showing them different aspects of him that they've never seen before. Yeah. I mean, we're talking about where you don't need to go to the zoo to see the lion again. The lion is in your neighborhood, but wouldn't eat you up again. We're talking about where the wildest thing you've been looking for, the beauty, the ecclesiastical, the best of the song. People like you, you may need to be auditioned in music huh? because we got, you got angels <laughs> that'll be singing there. We don't, we don't even need radio stations anymore. Yeah. And you do not need to pay for SCOM. And you don't need to pay for security because there's no need for that. 24 hours, there'll be electricity, but that is the light radiating from the Lord God Almighty. That's we, the white light. That, that's, that's what they're talking about. And remember, <laughs> he said that the street is paved of gold. Yeah. And he said, he talked about mansion. Messiah Yeshua HaMashiach said, I am going. There's a mansion with your name. Yeah. You don't need to pay the bank. You don't even need the bond. Yeah. All you are doing today, sir, is what is constructing the house for you when you get over there. Somebody say to me, I don't care being in the boys' quarters in heaven. You don't need to be in boys' quarters in heaven. You need to be in a main house in heaven. Mm-hmm. God is not mm-hmm. looking for servants in the boys' quarter. You need mm-hmm. to get your own apartment. And truth be told, there is a day that Jesus is going to come back. 
whether we wow. like it or not, he is coming back. The same way it was announced, he is going to be born. People didn't believe, but he came. And the same way he said, I am coming back. The angel said the way he left is the same way he's coming back again. He is going to come back. And the truth is that you would not know the time, the hour. But the bottom line is that here is a change. Like this morning, a radio station is saying to you, you get an opportunity to say yes to Jesus. Yeah. You either bow for him today or you'll be forced to do it after your death. But in heaven, I think there's going to be foreign. And I don't even need to fill any paper to see anybody. Because all the celebrities yeah. that made it to heaven, I'm sure a few of them anyway, that made it to heaven, we're going to be in the same neighborhood and we'll be talking. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> That's it. Uh, thank you so much. Uh, thank you so much, Pastor Chuku, for, for really just your time. I want to leave you guys with this thought, right? So um, since the Bible says that the streets are going to be made of heaven, it it's going to be made of gold. It's going to be made of gold. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. The streets in heaven are going to be made of gold. You know what? When uh when I see how many you know how much gold is in Donald Trump house I look at it and I'm just like on some whatever man in my neighborhood the pavements are mm. made of gold mm. <laughs> the pavements how mm. much what what would the houses be made of you know that's really just a thought for you but thank you so much for for um for for really listening to this uh, to this podcast and for being with us today right here on the open book um, and also thank you to my guests, uh, Rita McPherson and also Dr. Trigger. We're going to have you back soon. Thank you, sir. I thank appreciate you. that. And so thank I want to just, uh, we've got just a few minutes left. I've uh, got a new song that, uh, that I'm releasing tomorrow. And, uh, maybe by the time you listen to this, it may already be out. And it's called I'm a Winner. And just remember that wherever you are in Christ, you are always a winner. Here we go. The Open Book on CliffCentral.com.